They're like, okay, I'll bring these just in case if there's a spot that, like, I still need to hit. You know what I mean? Because, like, I feel like scootering, like, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but, like, you can ride in the rain. If you're landing your tricks correctly and you're doing your stuff correctly, you can ride in the rain. I heard like, one... I would agree. I heard one thing from Tony, from a Tony Hawk interview once, and he's... Something, it was with Tony Hawk, and Tony Hawk was like, riding in the rain is cool, but once you start seeing tracks, that's when you stop. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So that's kind of my rule of thumb. No, yeah. But anyway, we are good to go. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Undialed podcast. Today, we have some really cool guests. You know, normally, I feel like on the podcast, we are talking or I'm talking to people around my age, um, and they're always scooter riders. And I feel like for these people that are around my age, they don't really want their parents on the show with them. <laughs> but something interesting happened. Um, Charlie came to me and he's like, hey, I really want to have my dad with me on the podcast. And I was like, you know what? Dope. And I think this is perfect because Charlie's dad is a scooter enthusiast as well. So I'm excited to sit here and talk with you guys. So Charlie, quickly introduce yourself and Mark, do the same. I'm Charlie Frank. And I'm Mark Frank. Nice. So, Charlie, let me ask you really quick. I know we went into this a little bit on the last podcast, but tell me how you got into scootering from, like, the very beginning. And I want to hear just, like, what was your introduction story into it? And then, Mark, how did you assist that beginning journey? Okay, so I'm pretty sure, like, I forget. I think it might have been, like, third or fourth grade. But I was really just, like, riding home on my bike because, like, all my friends were into bikes, and we go to, like, bike jumps and do some, like, just moto whips and just, you know, just fun little kid stuff. And then I saw, like, these kids named Darrell, Sammy, and then Zach. Yeah, Zach. And then, like, they just rode past me, and, like, Darrell did, like, a double whip, and I was like, whoa, what? And then, like, Sammy did, like, just a jump, and, like, Zach did, like, a 180, and I was like, whoa, this is so sick. Like, I've just been trying to do tricks on something I can't really do tricks on, and, like, I see this, and I was just like, yo, what is that? And they're like, they're scooters, bro. I'm like, how long have you been riding for that? And, like, it's, like, about a year, you know? So I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. So I go home, I'm like, Dad, I need a scooter. Like, how can we make this happen? Like, I'll do chores or whatnot. Like, we'll just get it. And then, like, we looked on Walmart and we saw, like, because I wanted a pro scooter because I've obviously seen Razors, but, like, they never looked like fun because they're Razors. Yeah, but then you saw, like, the one-piece ones and you're like, that's a pro. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, we went on Walmart and, you know, the um, MGP bars, the clamp bars? Of course. Yeah. The legendary Walmart scooter. Yeah, yep. yeah, that, I got that scooter and that's what started it off for me. That's sick. So the, the big $70 investment. So I remember awesome. getting that exact scooter as well. It was the the, the bent bars. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember it was 17 wide. It was like, I forget how tall, but that thing was a tank. It weighed so much. <laughs> yeah. Like that deck, I remember, was so heavy like for, brick. For, for what it was. But at the time, it was, damn, it was a mad gear, you know? How could you mm -hmm. complain? You were on the top of the line with your scooter parts. Yeah, and, like, I swear, like, once after I got that, I, like, looked around and then I realized everyone in my school had scooters. Like, I went to Sunset Hills, and, like, at that time, like, from, like, whatever, like, grade to eighth grade, like, everyone had scooters. Like, it was so sick. Like, I can't forget, like, dude, I remember someone <laughs> pulled up with some proto wheels, and I was like, dude, you have to let me ride your scooter. And because we always session in the back before school because there was the front of the school, and you session in the front. Like, you get yelled at teachers, but in the back, there was, like, this little, like, curb that was bigger than a normal curb, a little flat gap. And, like, so before school sessions got down, and I'd just be watching this, and I'm just like, dang, this is so sick. That's so sick. I remember just back in the day that whenever you'd see new parts, it was like, ooh. Like... Yeah. 
Now, do you remember how long you had that mag gear? Because it seems like we upgraded to that grit pretty quickly. I feel like I had the mag gear for like probably like maybe maybe like a half a year, a little bit longer, you know. Okay. But no, yeah, because was did I have the grit before I went to that kid's birthday party? We'll get into the story, yeah. but like <laughs> before or after? I think it was after, right? No, it was before because you met him at Elmo riding that scooter. Okay, yeah, yeah. So then probably, yeah, like around six months. Yeah. That's sick. So. Should we hop into the kid at Elmo story? Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> kinda, yeah, yeah. kind of <laughs> also kicks me off for me. So like Elmo Raj Skate Park, this was before my local Surprise Farms was open. Mm. And like I'd go there maybe like once or twice a month, you mm. know, just those weekend sessions. And like just the time of the month, I was like, yes, I'm going to the skate park. And uh, it's really going to bug me that I can't remember this kid's name because I ran into him like, just a little bit ago. But um, he just had this motorbike helmet on, like a, like a motorcycle helmet. I was like, dude, this kid takes it serious. And he's just doing tail-ups everywhere, 360s fly out. And I'm just like, I like, asked him his name, like, got to know him. I'm like, dude, you're so sick. Like, like I want to get to this level that you're at. Because all I could really do was 180 and, like, just airs and stuff. And, yeah. like, still trying and to figure it out. he could do the tail-up. Yeah, and, like, that oh, yeah. the tail-up was something I wanted badly. The, the bouncy fakie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did the fakie <laughs> hops. Yeah, that was super sick, too. And, like... He's just like, yeah, I got a birthday party going on, like, or later today if you want to pull up. And, like, we're at ramps and, like, my friends. And we showed up and, like, he had the sickest, like, front yard set up, like, mini boxes and, like, bank-to-bank ramps and just, like, so sick. And, like, I remember me and my dad joking around, like, hey, what if we just pulled up with a Phoenix right now for his birthday? Like, we don't even know him and we just gave him a Phoenix. Like, he'd probably be freaking out. <laughs> like, that was, like, the hypotheticals. Yeah. We'd be like, what if we gave him a Phoenix, dude? <laughs> that's so sick so you said you went to school with people that scootered and then met all these other kids that scootered it was scootering just like blowing up and where, where you were at yeah dude definitely like when i first started scootering like it's the most popping i've ever seen in my area just because like i feel like at the time like there was a very big age gap between like eighth graders and high schoolers and now it's like a lot more rearranged you know what i mean so i feel like that eighth grade to under, like, they like those group of kids just really stuck together and, like, kind of fed off each other's vibe. And when they saw, like, one kid had a scooter and doing tricks, like, I don't know, you know how it kind of is. Like, it's repetitive. repetitive. Everyone wants to try it. Everyone wants to do it. And, like, of course, people are going to fall off. But at the time, it was just blowing up because everyone wanted to see what it's about. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I don't and know. London kinda... was getting really good and was kind of the local... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, who who legend. were the lo- who are the local legends around you? So like honestly, like I had some crazy local legends in my area. I had London Ficklin, Kyle Breeze, Tyler Tyler uh, Tyler Fedrickson. Like I had some cool homies that like um, Dylan Watkins. Like there was some like, and then my eyes like they're still pros. Like they're pros at the time. They're like Dylan was doing double inwards. Kyle was doing heel rewind to finger rips. Tyler was doing like cool board slide. He was kind of like the street dog of the group, you know. Like, and like I was friends with the little brother Zach, who was like one of the first people I met scootering, you know. Yeah. And like, like I met more people too. Like, I had a friend Bryleaf Hoff, Jared Rest His Soul. Like, I had a bunch of friends like that. Just like kind of we all clicked up together and like we would hang out with this group a little bit today. Hang out with that group the other day and like. It was just super cool how connected scootering was just in that little area at the time. That's really cool. Yeah. So, Mark, what got you so fascinated within scootering? Obviously, you saw Charlie gain an initial interest, but yeah. then what, what grabbed your attention? 
Well, I, I was a, a jock growing up, right? I played basketball, baseball, football, all those things. And, and we certainly introduced Charlie to those. And he was good at all of them because he just had natural hand-eye coordination, that kind of stuff. But nothing really grabbed him like the scooter did. And it, and it was immediate and apparent that that was a passion. Um, had a lot of friends that had kids in, in club sports and were spending thousands and thousands of dollars. So for me to support him in that passion was easy. It was not inexpensive, but it wasn't the same same type of thing. So just enjoying his progression. Um, it's kind of tough with team sports because I played team yeah. sports a lot growing up. It's it's like I feel like initially, I mean, this is all depending on the sport, right? Hockey's always expensive. But depending yeah. on the sport, it's you'll start off and it'll be kind of inexpensive. And then as you get older, it's like, oh, now the team starts traveling. Now you ha- now the jerseys cost more. Now right. it's all yeah. and it's slowly like you're wrapped into this like commitment. Yeah. And and the thing is, is I feel like regardless of the sport, it's not really a, a great creative outlet. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. like a place. It's not a thing that like you really get to test your creativity with in the, in the same regards as like a skate park. Right. You know, and I feel, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and for him, it was it was it was obvious. Right. He he loved it. We couldn't keep him off the scooter. And then when farms opened up, I mean, literally every day for four plus hours a day. And and what were you were 12 when you first got picked up by SoulFlow? Yeah, I think I was like about twelve. Yeah. So his his initial sponsorship, and it was it was a clothing brand. It was nothing at the time, but it was I'm sponsored. You know that that type of thing. Um, at the time, he was he was riding park, and he w- we'd do some competitions. And lo and behold, he was really a great competition rider. He didn't let the nerves get hold of him. He just went out there and 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 did well. Um, remember going down to Tucson at premises, and I, I think you were. Maybe twelve, maybe thirteen. No, um, yeah, I think it was twelve because I remember people tried saying I was sandbagging. Yeah, saying exactly. I was like so or over or something. You know, so Mikey funny. Hawkins, Nate Von Miller, you know, Meatball, all those guys, and Charlie went down there and won the thing. Um, so that was cool. And and then, like as a dad, one of the things that got a little bit harder is you know you get into that competition thing, right? And you want to see him go to every competition and kick everybody's ass and all that kind <laughs> yeah, of stuff. Yeah, of course. And at that same time, he starts transitioning his style. Um, you know, and he was doing fast plant fronties and, and all that kind of stuff, but never loved going upside down. But as someone that really didn't know a ton about scootering at the time, like felt you know, those tricks are really yeah. cool, right? You know, mom would go crazy, but but she loved it. It was it was cool. And same thing with his sister. So when he went started transitioning to street were kind of bummed out. You My know? sister would be like, Charlie, why don't you do cool tricks yeah. anymore? Why don't you do cool tricks anymore? I'd be like, Hannah, it's still cool. You just gotta look at like look at it differently. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, well, and, not look as exciting, but yeah. there's so much more like thought and process into it. Yeah. And and as he progressed, I started following more, you know, watching more street parts, that kind of stuff, and realized that you know, competition was cool, but it's so subjective and mm-hmm. you know, there's no standards. And in in riding street, it's it's like you said, it's more expressive. It's just going out there and and being you and and being one with your environment and and doing all kinds of cool shit. So um, I got into it, you know, right away. And then I started watching a bunch of stuff and and had a blast. Dude, this is so sick. Like <laughs> I know you guys just heard that, but like oh, I still love how much knowledge you have about scootering. Like 
It's not even like the knowledge, but like the perspective side of it, you know? Like a lot of people like who scooter don't even have that insight into it. It's just like it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a it's an interesting separation within scootering. I feel like that's the sides of the spectrum, right? And between is every other color and and I feel like that those two sides you you said it perfectly. It's it's the more structured competition side and then the loose street art side. And you 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 see those you see that spectrum come up within scootering and and how people i feel like kids usually start off on the park side because of the initial flashy tricks and then transition over only a couple times i've ever seen a street kid transition to park that's kind of (laughs) rare and yeah and and i feel like that is something that's so beautiful about scootering is you can really just make it what you want it to be you know I feel like it's it's very obvious um, if you're into scootering that the competition uh, side of scootering definitely needs some massive restructuring, but it, it the idea is there. You know what I mean? Yep. And 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 that's something that's really cool. But I also the thing I love about it is if you don't want to be a part of that, if you really just want to play your own game, then you completely have that that outlet mm-hmm. as well. And right. it's, it's so sick. And I feel like Charlie, you're starting to just want to play your own game with your type of writing like yeah that's one thing that i think is really cool about writing with you is it's it's never about being better than this person it's just about being your your best self and i feel like that's just stemmed from the art street yeah yeah well and it's like the competitions it's it's still a great showcase for the sport right and the sport, sport needs it same thing with great video that's parts the, or, it, or all those types of things so the more exposure that is out there it's it's a win for everybody in the community ultimately i feel like the money of scootering lies within the competition side because Mm -hmm. that's where we're going to advertise scootering out but i feel like the the passion beyond from physical physical exertion i feel like that lies in more of the street art side and and I feel like that that contrast together is what like makes scootering shine yeah. so bright. No, this is a little off topic, but it's been on my mind, so I want to say it. But like, just like a little story. Like, I remember when I was like, I think like when was SD ten? How long ago was that? It was Maybe in two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, I think it might have been SD ten, but ten was our first. Like, I remember like I was I was in seventh grade. You know what I mean? Like, I just made the flag football team. You know, like. Most of the time, it's only the eighth graders that make the team. I was hyped that I made the team, and then I see that SD tens coming up, and I'm like, okay, I got a choice right here. I either stick with the football team, or like, just practice and ride my scooter and go to the competition. You know what I mean? What made you choose the scootering? Like, what? Tell me about that that actual choice. Like, what did you analyze in your head? Because I feel like that isn't an uncommon decision for kids. I feel like this is a very common pattern that we yep. see. And I had to go through that same thing. I played lacrosse for a very long time, and I finally was like, I'm quitting lacrosse for scootering. Mm-hmm. What made you do that transition or that leap in your mind? Like, what was the patterns that you saw that that confirmed your decision? Well, just, like, the whole thing is, like, I kind of, like, I kind of was serious with myself. Like, I'm not that big of a kid. You know what I mean? And I know, like, in football, like, if you want to make it, you got to be kind of a bigger person. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And, like, I also kind of knew my skill. Like, yeah, I was good. But, like, I wasn't great. You know what I mean? And, like, that's kind of a dumb reason to quit. But, like, I love scootering so much more than I love football. And, like, just, like, the only, like, the three, the two days I had to practice before I quit, you know what I mean? I maybe touched the ball, like, two or three times. And I was like, yeah, screw this. I want to ride my scooter. You know what I mean? And, like, 
you kind of look at it like, okay, if I make the team, I got eighth grade, and then like, but then if I go for the scootering, I'm gonna be in California, and then I'm gonna see all these other people, and just like, it just like to me, like it was a clear option, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, but like it was just kind of funny, like it was weird, like I didn't think about that. my, cause like my the coach used to like picked me up from the football team. She was my third grade teacher, third and fourth grade teacher, and like I didn't think about how like she was gonna feel. And like when like I quit, she's like, "That's so irresponsible." Like think about all the other people that wanted your spot on the team, and you get on and you just quit to go scooter. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. it was kind of funny, like having your teacher tell you like chasing your dreams is stupid. You know what I mean? At a young age, and you're like, okay, but then like you still just ignore that, put it in the back of your head, and push forward. And like that didn't set me back at all. It's just like kind of interesting to look at it. You know what I mean? What mm-hmm. I remember that conversation vividly because we talked about it and you know pros and cons and he's like you did make a contribute or a commitment and some other kid didn't make the team because you did yeah is, are you sure this is the right thing to do and then once you made the decision and, and talked to me about why that was the right decision for you i was fully supportive oh yeah that's also another great thing is just like how supportive you've been on with me since like the beginning of it you've always like had my side so so I know quite a, quite a few parents watch this podcast and I'm curious from like a parental point of view like what allowed you to be okay with having him chase after something that isn't as guaranteed as football for example mm-hmm. or something that is um more abstract what 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 made that okay in your head coming from somebody that played coming from a jock Yep Yeah I mean we had done those things he played soccer he played flag football he played basketball um, baseball, we tried one season, but zero attention span for that sport. It's yeah. so, so slow moving. But really what it boiled down to is just what gave him joy, right? And I understand from my own background that such a minute percentage of any great high school athlete can go to college, and even a more minute percentage of those people can go to the next level. So that probably wasn't happening no matter what. So I, it, it wasn't like he was walking away from, you know, a career yeah. per se. And and if this is a passion, I'm going to support it. And t- to go back from, you know, that first step to where we're at today, I remember, I mean, years and years ago, you know, his favorite writers and people that he, he idolized at a young age, Jake Clark, Vincent Kundra, you know, Jay Clark was a teammate Vincent. when he was on Delta and, and, you know, hanging out and riding with Vincent just a couple of weeks ago. You know, who would have thought that those opportunities would even be there? Um, and, and the sky is upward. I mean, I see his his drive. I mean, he may not be the, the greatest rider out there, but I can tell you there's not anybody that's more passionate about the sport than Charlie is. Well, I feel like when you talk about what makes like a great rider, right, I feel like a lot of the times people narrow down great writers into specific accomplishments. And and I feel like that's fine in certain regards if that's the criteria that you're judging. But I feel like if you're trying to make a career out of scootering, you have to think about all of the possible ways that a writer can be great. And one thing I tell Charlie all the time is like, I think it's awesome how well you treat the people around you. You know what I mean? I think it's awesome how much you push your your riding. I, that's a pretty obvious one, but I think it's I think it's really awesome how you will put somebody else in a spotlight before you put yourself. You know, and I feel like all of those things are are like leader qualities. And 
a common thing that I hear from people is like, why am I not being sponsored? Why am I not doing this and that? And it's like, because they're not positioning themselves to be leaders in their teams. And then more broadly, positioning themselves to be leaders within their community. And I feel like, I feel like Charlie, you are on the the way to being a great scooter rider. You know, it's like you, you, some of the toughest things I feel like to teach people isn't necessarily a trick. It's how to treat somebody, you know, that's so, that's such a, basic development thing and especially with what social media is now i feel like in the past when dvds were the medium of content i feel like you could get away with being an asshole absolutely because no one saw that but now that since everything is just social media it's like people see your entirety so it's like you have no other option but to be nice no and that's that's one of the things that mom and i are are the most prideful for is is who he is as a person i mean i going back to those days of playing soccer or you know flag football you know on the soccer pitch kid on the other team trips goes down charlie is the first one to run over there and 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 help him up and that's just who he is and it's who he's always been he's a a tender sensitive soul yeah i'm gonna make Um, me cry no it's but it it that's the stuff that, that gives us pride. I mean, the writing is awesome and, and the stuff you're doing, but who you are as an individual, you know, hopefully reflects on, you know, how we raised you and, I love you, and where you're at. I love you too, buddy. That's All why right. we're here. All right, so Charlie, we're gassing you up right now. But, no, it's a little much. But, it's a little and much. We're, we're talking about all this potential, right? But I'm curious, what do you see in the future for scootering, for yourself and for the, mo- for the broader picture? Man, like... So, like, it's kind of a weird thing because, like, I go on and off about the future of scootering. It's, mm-hmm. like, one of those things I like to think about it, but I don't like to stress on it because I feel like if you think too much in the future, it's kind of just, like, putting yourself in the sinkhole, you know what it I mean? gives you anxiety. No, know? yeah, 100%. Depression's thinking about the past. Anxiety's thinking about the future. Yeah. No, yeah, but, like, for me, what I see myself in the future is, like, I don't like to speak on it that much just because I know it's going to be kind of happening, but, like, it's one of the one of the up one of the big dogs, someone to kind of like look up to. Like, I kind of want to do my own thing and kind of push myself as far as I can. Like, pick up sponsors, make my own goals. But like, I kind of constantly want to be someone like in the scootering community. You know what I mean? Like, so you want to be someone within scootering that has influence and someone that um, will continue the work that you've been so influenced by yourself. Hundred percent, yes. What do you see for scootering more broadly? I mean, scootering right now, I feel like, is in the most interesting shape it'll ever be in, and that shape is basically this massive, massive web of individuals that that have created this this mesh around the world of friendships. Like, I think that that's that that's what it is right now. But the interesting thing is like, we don't really have much outside corporate sponsorships. You know, we have a lot of attention, but like, I don't think anyone's realizing just how right. much attention. That's what so I'm gonna get obviously that's going to transform into something. And I'm curious, like, what do you think that might be? I'm like, shit's going to get gnarly most definitely. Because like, think about like me myself and just like B team for Northern limited just now, like we're sending ourselves just for fun. Cause we want, we have goals we want to push and we want to push ourselves you got a big company saying, hey, we'll give you, like, $5,000 to go overseas and film a video. There's going to be some stuff that people won't even think of. Like, scootering is going to get so, like, just insane. Like, like I don't know. You know, I feel like right now everyone's, like, looking at the scootering already. Like, dude, we're so advanced right now. Like, like just, like, it's almost like technology. 
technology advanced so freaking quickly. And like I feel like doubles every eighteen months. And like I feel like scootering is just advancing so quickly right now. And like it's just like it's insane. That's why I feel like it's also so hard to kind of see a future of it, just because like I don't know. I feel like no matter what you think, it's not gonna be what it's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be something completely different. That makes sense. No, absolutely. It's something I I think about a lot. Mark, I'm curious. What do you think the future of scootering beholds from your perspective? It's- it's really hard to say because I, I I think of it as a sport, and then I also think of, of businesses, right? And 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 who's making money, and how are they making money? Because for it to continue to thrive, there's got to be some some real leaders in that area, and I think there's got to be some consolidation at some point. I mean, there's how many different companies out there that are producing very similar parts? There's not a ton of differentiation from from A to B to C, so. I think at some point someone's going to see the opportunity and 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 muscle up with some money and and maybe try to to do some consolidation um, that'll that'll I think ultimately help because then you get bigger marketing dollars, more promotion, that kind of stuff. I agree. It's, My bad. As far as the sport itself, it's it's really hard to say. I mean, you can look at eleven and twelve year olds that are doing stuff that the pros were doing five years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's. Mm-hmm. The progression is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so where can that go? I mean, there's only so many times based on the height of the the box or the you know quarter that you can you can go. So you're you maybe get three times, you know. <laughs> but any more I never than thought that anyone is, is, would do five tails flat, but it's been done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's it's nuts. So where where it goes there, I I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that there's more visibility and you know everybody talks about video parts, but you know, more content, better content. I think some some half length to full length things that are really well done that start appealing to the skaters and the bikers and and everyone else. Um, that's that's kind of where I see it going. But when and and how long that's going to take, I don't know. Kind of back to like what you were saying earlier with like companies like hopping in. I feel like companies, if you're listening. Please do your research before you pick a scooter rider to like do your video, because there's so many <laughs> phenomenal scooter riders, and like sometimes you guys just pick some ugly styles. But like if you come to my boy Will, just be like, hey, we have this promotion idea coming up. We want you to pick some good riders, and he'll get you figured out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> but um. <laughs> but it's it's interesting that the last thing that. You were saying, Mark, was about video parts and the the progression of video parts. I think that if I was going to predict the future of scootering, if I had to predict what's going to happen, I think that right now amongst the companies, we're in a very testing period right now. Most every single company out there panicked right before the pandemic and mm-hmm. ordered huge shipments. All of these shipments got delayed, and now they are basically just sitting in warehouses, right? Every company has too much product. Mm-hmm. What this means is we have way more uh, supply than demand, and what's I, what's got to happen is it there's got to be a consolidation of of companies, and I feel like that's going to trickle down a little bit into even riders. I feel like we're going to see a few riders kind of disappear over the next year, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. Um, but I think at that point we're seeing a major shift right now into web three and web three is basically going to be, I feel like humans new way of communication. And it's like, 
scootering, if you've noticed, has jumped in popularity when communication amongst human beings has jumped. So when YouTube came about, that's kind of about when scootering really came about. When forums mm-hmm. came around, that was when the first initial scootering like conversation started happening. And then YouTube happened, and it, when, when, when YouTube got introduced with social media, that's when we saw the first ever influencers, and that's when that new form of communication came to be, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it's been for the last mm, five to eight years. But I feel like we're on the cusp right now of, of entering into a new form of scooter content. I don't exactly know what that is going to look like, whether that's going to be 3D and like metaverse or if it's just going to be a new place that we go to, right? It could be, it could be a lot of different things. But I think mm-hmm. that the next major jump in scootering is going to be when there's a major jump and shift in communication. And I think that we're already seeing the beginning of that right now. And... And I feel like once that happens, there's so many scooter riders right now that have learned how to market, I feel like, better than other communities. Scootering mm-hmm. isn't that cool, right, relative to, like, mm-hmm. other things, you know, like hot girls. Like, those are – wait, <laughs> those are – that gets – it doesn't matter how you pick – package that up like hot girls hot girl but it's like a scootering you have to like package it up and deliver it in like a specific way and these scooter riders have learned these amazing marketing strategies right and like collectively and i feel like when the next social media comes about like scooter riders are just so hungry and understand like these systems so well that it's just going to be like all right this new thing comes out attack you know and and that that's just what i personally yeah. well, see dude, there's like do you remember the scoot mag app What's up? You remember the Scoot Mag app? Yeah. Dude, that was so sick. And I feel like if they did it right, like, that could have been what this new wave is going to be. You know what I mean? Like, just because, like, like, you used the app. Like, it was kind of glitchy. Like, for my phone, it was. I've never seen a good scooter app. Like, yeah. dude. If There's they, never like, been one. Like, if they made something like that, though, and, like, like actually had some good technical, technical people to actually, like, design and mod the app. You know what I mean? Make sure it was nice. Like. It could be a hit, dude. It could be really cool. Or even, like, a simple website that you just submit your videos to or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, instead of trend kill or posting your stuff on Dowd or posting your stuff on LA, there's just a website that everyone posts their stuff to. And, like, that's just where you watch the scooter edits. It's not YouTube. It's not, you know, it's not Vimeo. It's it's that website. And that's where all the scooter, like, you know, I feel like that's, I feel like that's the wave. You know what I think would be really cool? Imagine, like, a 3D world, right, where you would, like, log into and you would be able to basically go and see all of the scooter communities like around the world and it would basically be like a place that people can chat it'd be like a a group chat except you'd be able to like walk over to like other scooter so riders like vr in in a sense but you could also do it through your phone you could okay. do it through like a little avatar you know what i mean imagine like a pokemon character mm-hmm. walking around a 3d world yeah, you, yeah. you could do something like that and i feel like once that transition in, in communication happens, because I know that's what's going to happen, that I think that that's, that's going to be a new way that the scooter community is all going to start speaking together. Because I feel like on Instagram, we have specific group chats that all talk to each other and maybe specific posts where the comment section is that for a little bit, but it's never anything lasting and, and like reassuring that people can go to day on day in and day out and always hear what the new scooter yeah, conversation is about. I was going to say, how do you make it like, like fantasy, ah, 
like something that fascinates someone enough to where they keep going on it. Because like, remember, Pokemon Go is kind of like that. Pokemon Go is yeah. cool, but people only paid, played it for two weeks and they got bored. Like, how do you make something like that that's fascinating enough to where someone's like, I want to keep going on to this? I feel like it's really just got to be a direct connection between the reality and the VR world. If there was some sort of incentive-based thing that happened in that chat that then correlated with the actual world and it became this thing that you had to be a part of and and it created a sense of FOMO, then I feel like people would absolutely be a part of it. No, I get yeah. you. Getting back on task. So this is one thing I want you guys to know. So like maybe not as much like like later, but more recently, like definitely over the last like two years, man watches edits. A lot of edits. <laughs> like he watches more edits than me. Like I'll just be coming home and like it'll be after the session. He'll have tilt tilt two or tilt transport or something on or like you know just like a trend kill video. Just like and it's just like it's like what dude? It's like crazy. Like I don't know. Or he'll be like, hey, have you watched the newest so and so? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh dude, you gotta get onto it. That ender's crazy. <laughs> and it's just like, like you could literally like scooter trivia from let's just say 2020 to 2022. He'll beat me any day. Just because I've obviously been like more writing and kind of like, I've kind of became the media myself. You know what I mean? All right, let me quiz him real quick. Who was the first person to do a like to do a whip over back fifty? Newer tricks. He doesn't know about scooter history. Like this is a new. Okay, okay. No, go ahead and go with it. I I probably won't know it, but no, it's way too specific. Um, He's bad about scooter history, but like up to date stuff. Matisse. (laughs) Okay. Who was the iconic duo that... Tommy and Nick. Yeah. <laughs> that was... <laughs> you already made it too easy. He said iconic duo. Done. <laughs> he knew that yeah, one too. That, that one's one of my Could favorites. Could have been me and partner. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Support who support you. Let's skip the trivia because I'll look stupid. At some point, I want to have like a trivia board or just like a game or something because it'd be so funny to quiz people on the spot. Like, <laughs> So what, what's, what's been your favorite scooter video? Tell me about a scooter video that you watched and you were just like damn god you know it that's that's hard because i don't always remember the specifics but <clears throat> the tommy and nick welcome to ethic video that's was, ironic i said that was insane um but there's i mean there's so many and, and i there's things about each one that that i you know enjoy um some of the old school stuff some of the you know the old tilt parts are are super cool um but I, I don't know. It's like, because I'll have one. Like, Charlie asked me who my favorite writer is. And I said, well, what week is it? You know, it's like it might be. <laughs> might All right, be. right this moment, which writer would you say is your favorite? Wow. Um, Probably Tedrick. Tedrick's so good. Yeah, he is the best yeah. style. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. He's the best. Um, it, I mean, from from style, too. John Dev is is just a, a technical wizard. I, I love watching nice. him. Um, you know, for for bigger stuff and versatility, Dylan Morrison's as good as they come. You know, so, but that, I mean, it, it could be a million different people. They're Charlie. <laughs> That's ultimately your favorite writer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he supports me the most, most for surely. That's funny. What's like? One of the first scooter tricks that you saw that you were like, wow, I can't believe someone did that. Are you talking about my dad or me? It, your dad. Uh, word, word. I'm curious. Yeah. I, I could probably guess yours. Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, probably the double flare. Yeah, was, was the first one that just like was wow, wow. Um, Have you ever seen one in person? Yeah, yeah, a lot of them now. You know, it, it's so it, wild to watch still for yeah. me. Oh, like this person for die. me. Like it's like funny looking back. Like I forgot what year, but KTR Mesa had an old competition. Like it was one of my first competitions ever, and like I just remember I was a little. Little park dude didn't know like who, who all the legends were there, and me and my dad were cracking up like looking at Logan Floyd, like who's a homeless guy on a scooter, <laughs> yeah. like and like now it's like dang, these are, like some of them are, like my homies, some of them are still people I like look up to and haven't met. You were you know at that, I mean? yeah, dude. Yeah, I was there too. Yeah, I know it's John crazy. Dev was there, yeah, Donatelli like, was there. Yeah, there I, mean, was I didn't know there. who any of them were at the time. Yeah, Arnie <laughs> snuck in. Yeah, <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I don't dude. Know. <laughs> dude, like. That uh, was when KTR was like new. KTR Mesa was cool. Like, be- like, uh, if you guys have never been there before, they took out their bull. I'm Best sorry. Bull like, I would kill to ride that bull again just because when I, like, I learned bri flip on that quarter, so I obviously wasn't doing lip slides or how I ride now. But like, oh, I can still. I had I had a dream like a few months ago. Me session that bull, and it was the best dream I've had in a while. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> So you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Charlie, that you really want to travel around and, and see the different scooter communities around the world. What scootering places sound the best for you? Or like what places would you want to go to to scooter? That's hard because there's so many places. Like I want to go to Spain. I want to go to Paris. I want to go to Mexico. I want to I go everywhere, dude. Like that's kind of my <laughs> ultimate goal. And like, But if I had to pick one place right now, one place only, oh, that's hard. I'm about to say Barcelona, you know what I mean? I feel like everyone who hasn't been dreams of going to Barcelona just because it's Skate 3, dude. It's like, it literally is. It's yeah. the coolest place. Yeah, if you've never been to Disneyland, been. you want to go to Disneyland. If yeah, you've like, never been to an iconic like If you've never been to Woodward, that's like place you want to go to Woodward, you know what I mean? Like I've thankfully been able to go to Woodward, but like that's my new Woodward, you know what I mean? Like, like oh, I just and after seeing everyone just out there for the street jam, because I know my time's coming soon. It's just a moment of time, so, you know. Like I got... I got invited last year, but I didn't have a um, passport. Like, the guy who recently passed away. Fernando. Fernando, yeah. Rest in peace. But he invited me, which was really cool. And, like, yeah, I'm coming out soon. Barcelona homies, you'll see me. (laughs) Hit me up. Like, I'll be there soon. So let me ask you, as someone that's traveled all over the world, I mean, Barcelona is kind of an obvious, right, for for scooter people. What are some kind of off-the-radar places that would be iconic whether it's you know the czech republic or or finland or other places that you've been what are what are some sick spots so my my go-to answer on this always is my favorite country in the world is the netherlands i love the netherlands so much i feel like they've really just gotten a lot of things figured out um it's probably the only country that i would say that has it more figured out than america just in the sense of like they've they've revolutionized the place that they lived with just design and 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 beyond from that they have so many spots there and they just let you ride all of them like they don't care they like think it's kind of cool if you build like things for like build features Mm -hmm. and so i always tell people to go to the netherlands because like rotterdam for example rotterdam has just as many spots as barcelona if not more and the thing about barcelona is they're kind of abstract spots they're very organically shaped Mm -hmm. But the spots in Rotterdam are very geometric. Um, so there's a lot of ledges, a lot of banks um, compared to Barcelona, which is more like curved ledges and quarter, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and more organic shapes. So I would say that 
The Netherlands is my personal favorite place to go and scooter and also just to go to and ha- hang out. I always have an amazing time there. And But beyond from that, um, all of Spain is, is really cool. And I feel like you only ever really get to see Barcelona, but um, um, like Malaga, Spain is, is really beautiful. Um, there's, there's just so many areas of Spain that are just as heavily um, filled with spots as, as Barcelona, except they're just not Barcelona, right. which is, which is mm-hmm. cool. Plus the weather there is, is impeccable. You know, it's, yeah. it's so nice. Um, aside from Europe though, hmm, I don't know. Most of the extent of my traveling has been in the European area. I've been to Asia, like Singapore and Japan for scootering as well. I would say that Asia is not as cool for scootering just in the sense of there's not as many spots and they care way more about you riding over there. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I feel like if you were going to go over just like Western Europe is like your best, your best bet, as well as having the most reliable people to scooter with. Um, because there's so many homies over there. Yeah. So that's what I would say. I got a question for you, dad. If you could try, if you could go on a scooter trip with me, where would you want to go? I mean, at this stage, probably Barcelona, <laughs> you know, no, yeah. it's because, A, that's where you want to go, but I, I would dig it, too. I mean, the, the architecture of that city, the fact that it's near the water, food, the whole nine yards would be a great place to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so let me ask you, why, why aren't you hopping on the scooter? I don't want to be that guy. Mm. I mean, this is this is his deal. It's not my deal. I mean, I, I support him. I love the support, but I've never had a desire to to get on and and make an idiot out of myself. Or dude's old, you want um, to break a leg? I'm already broken, but um, have you ever I don't seen know, that? It's just never never been something that I mean, Todd Man guy, God bless him. Yeah, yeah. But not me. <laughs> you know? Have you ever seen that dad? He's he, he's he posts on Instagram pretty regularly now. And he's he's the scooter dad from somewhere. I think I was showing you him, Charlie. Yeah, I think it's Canada or something. Like yeah, that. and he's like putting in work, but he's getting yeah. broke Dude, off yeah, all of the time. Like, he gets <laughs> smoked. I swear, there's like a fifty fall at least once a week. Like, yeah. Like I'm like, shout out to you because that's crazy. But like, if my body was in that state of condition, like I don't know because I'm not there yet. But like, yeah. it looks like it hurts. I mean, I and and you know, shame on me for thinking this way. But I I look at the scooter parents that that do that right and i'm thinking of like the the asshole little league parent that's berating the yeah, and yeah. i mean and that or yelling at the judges for getting scores wrong or i just that's not who i am or how i'm wired it's, it's i more think about what just you're talking about it. is actually a different breed of parent i think that there's yeah. the parents that are supportive that like to just be you know off in the corner and just kind of talking with the other parents and then there's the parents that are like riders as well and then there's the third type that is that's what she said the, the <laughs> yeah, soccer mom like uh the soccer parents and and i'm not gonna name names but like i some I'm of the either. funniest quotes <laughs> i've ever heard from like are, are just standing next to those people yeah just of hearing the dialogue oh it's so funny it's like we're at a scooter competition <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i feel uh, like we would see a lot more of them too if there was more structure around competitions. Yeah. Like if scootering was as structured as motocross racing. Oh yeah. I don't know. You ever ever been to ScooterCon? <laughs> no, but I'm saying no, more. Yeah. No, I know, yeah. I know, I know. I get what you're saying. Yeah, that would be. Oh, 
That'd be so yeah. funny to see. Because <laughs> like, just parents don't belong on scooters. Like, you just like if you didn't start off riding, like, don't like. I mean, like, do whatever I think you want. Parents can do what they want. Yeah, do yeah. whatever. Yeah, do whatever you want. But like, like if a dad or so a mom funny. is is getting joy out of scootering, yeah, yeah, that's like they're it. winning, right? Yeah, run it. I'm surprised the the Keffer twins' mom hasn't been like, you know what? I'm yeah, just doing this real. too. She, like. like I learned how to kick this. Yeah. I mean, the, oh my the, God. the only reason I would ever do it would be like to tool around with a street jam just to watch, you yeah, know, yeah, but yeah. get the spot to spot. Um, what if there was a parents' that, yeah. division that opened up at a contest? <laughs> oh my God. That'd be comedy. That'd be so good. I've I would, always thought I would, that'd I would be. watch that. That'd be the funniest thing in I'd the enjoy world. That so much. It's like, all right, so there's three runs today. The kids get through the first two. All right, so here's where we get funny. <laughs> you, better, so you better teach your parents how to tail up now because it's right going to now. Yeah. And it's like there would be some like the kid that's not doing very well. His dad would be like, actually athletic. He'd be like, all right, I got this. Where are you guys to first place, son? <laughs> Yeah, there's also like coming like, to an outlet event near you. Dude, we had a we have a family friend, Felix, and like I remember when I was young, he just, he just picked up my scooter. He's like, "Come on, it can't be that hard." Rides it doesn't even get two feet, hits a crack, goes over the bars, just completely eats shit. <laughs> it's just so good watching like parents ride scooters. I think like, a parent game of foot down would be hard. <laughs> yeah. Sign up right now. Right now, we'll have a leak in the bio. <laughs> that would be. I think kids would just like, especially if you gave the kids like water balloons too, to like, as. <laughs> Dad, I'll move out if you win. <laughs> water balloons, <laughs> pelting your parents. What were you uh, saying, Clayton? I'll send. There's another type of parent that used to skate, but now he like. Um, now that his kid rides scooters, now he's hopping on a, a scooter. That's and, dope. And quitting skating. Yeah, that, I think that's most of the parents that like ride. You know, it's yeah. like they at one point they were, they were a phenom and whatever they were, and then now it's translated over. Dude, that's just that's just such a cool thing too about scootering is like, I don't know. I feel like scootering has just gotten a lot more respect over like the year and like just the, like year and a half, honestly, or two years, just because of social media in general. But like, dude, like I feel like everywhere I go now are like people who don't not like know about scootering. They're like willing to ask about it. And like, yeah, that's sick. And like, you know, they're not shy. They're not like. Okay, I think it's sick, but I'm not gonna say it's sick because my friends are gonna think it's weird if I say it's sick. Mm-hmm. You know, now people are just like, yeah. "Yo, that's cool!" Like, and they're like curious and they want to talk about it. Like, just the other day, like when we were at Goodyear, and that and that, like, that guy was trying to talk to you about scooter, and he first like, he thought he knew more than you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Most do. And you kind of had to humble him. <laughs> he had to humble him a little bit. But like after the conversation, he was like, "Yeah, this is sick. You guys are doing it." You mm-hmm. know, and it's just it's it's really cool from like getting respect from naive people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's. I feel like that's such an interesting conversation I have sometimes in scootering is because a lot of people look at scooter riders like we're objects or something or that we're like these foreign things. For and, real. and once you were like, hey, hey, we're humans. You're a human. I'm a human. Like, <laughs> and they're like, oh, <laughs> oh, you do this for the same reason I skate. And it's right. like, yeah. yeah. We just ride to the ride. And yeah, I just, I hope that that just can, completely just goes away soon because it's like it's like this invisible barrier that's just perception well it's like even like i feel like within scootering there's still those like perspectives you know what i mean like when i first like hopped from like a small scooter to a big scooter i got like a lot of shit from my friends because like all the little park dudes are like oh ew you're riding street like (laughs) you know just like it's so funny and like you know i feel like people look at it the other way around like 
most big dogs are like, why is your scooter so small? Like, they like they don't actually care about it, but it's like one of those things. It's like, oh, that just doesn't look right. But you know what I mean. And I feel like that's also died down a lot. I feel like a lot of just like B team in general. Like B team's so diverse. It's me, Gabe, Colin, Jay, Money, um, Pierce. You know, it's like those are five completely different riders, but they all complement each other. And I feel like that's just such good thing. Cause that's what scooter needs. You know, skate mid links. There's bowl clips and the street clips. Is there's all of it. You know, like and like so. I think it's really nice to kind of have that part of scooter and just kind of clamp together. No, absolutely. Yeah. I one hundred percent agree. I feel like I feel like a lot of the reasons that there is those invisible walls is because a big thing for kids is labels and identification. Hundred percent. And I feel like those things are just um basically car- like labels that they can hide under. And and I feel like that's why Park and Street is so prevalent and it's kind of going away a little bit yeah. as the scooter riders get older but what why it was like almost a war for a little bit is because it was oh, yeah. one group of kids this is my label another group of kids this is my label and that's literally all they had to identify themselves well, yeah, there was nothing self, else that, like <laughs> self-identification just like growing up and like for anyone's heart you know what i mean just mm-hmm. kind of like trying to figure out where you're at in this world and like who you are and then to also have like just like with this thing you generally enjoy having all these other like things like thankfully like I kind of listened to myself and blocked it all out and did what I did. But, like, it, I could definitely see it's, like, really hard for people to kind of choose what they want to do. And, like, that's, like, at the end of the day, like, I don't know, anyone who's, like, under 14, 15, like, just do whatever you want to do. Because half of those people, like, you're not going to know them. And if you do still know them, it's because you did what you want to did. And, you, like, it's it's because you did what you wanted to do. And, like, that's the only thing i got to say, you know, just do what you want to do. I mean, I feel like you're hinting at the reason why the scooter community is so beautiful. It's like it's like the only reason people scooter is because that's what they want to do, right? Mm-hmm. There's no other outside label that you really get outside of scootering, you know? And that's what makes the scootering community so so pure and genuine is is yeah. we only have people that really want to do it inside. And honestly, I just can't wait until that investment for these people really pays off because it's almost inevitable that it that it that it will, but I'm just excited to see that revolution happen because it's just it's gonna be so exciting. Well, yeah, dude, because like it's kind of a little bit different, but like I've seen it all in surprise. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I kind of started scootering when the big dogs at like at that time kind of hit their peak, and then they were kind of starting to hit their downfall. But like I've still like kind of seen it all. You know what I mean? And like from starting scootering to like kind of being the only one at farms now, besides like Max and like. Jack's this little kid you know what I mean besides them too like I'm kind of the only scooter rider there and like you're surrounded by constant skaters and I feel like like it's the love that keeps you into it because I could easily be like yeah I want to go skate with my friends because I do have a board because it's only that reason because there's like not much scooter riders at farms unless like but you recognize that like I enjoy the scooter more yeah yeah and and you had a broken hand yeah that too but it's also (laughs) like funny like it's like even before I broke my hand I picked up a skateboard just because like I wanted to show up skaters that were talking shit you know what I mean like this is when farms (laughs) first opened and like farms was originally like a no scooter park but like really opening day so London Ficklin this is the homie London he literally snuck past the security guard letting only skaters in it's almost like he had a whole comp run planned out, like flowed the park perfectly, did like a flare tuck no, bry whip, like bar board the rail, just like, and then like this was before, all the, um, if you've been to farms, you know, the spikes at the top, this was before the spikes were there, and we all just kind of started to hop in the fence, you know, 
and like doing what we like want, you know. And like then that's when scootering kind of opened up for like um, Dennis um, London's dad. He kind of called the city and was like, "Hey, we got to make this happen." And like so, we got scooters allowed. Bikes were still not allowed, so they were kind of bummed. But you can ride through now; it doesn't really matter. But our bikes chill there now. Yeah, like you'll you'll every once in a while get like a security guard, like just a like park cop, you know, and then like take their job way too serious. Like you gotta mm-hmm. go, but like most of the time they don't care. But um, kind of back to what I was getting to, like yeah, I've seen it gone go from that to like now I'm the only scooter rider, and like surprise, you know what I mean? It's really hard for like people to kind of get that motivation. I feel like. Why do you think there's been a drop off? Specifically in surprise specifically in surprise people grew up you know what i mean and i feel like just that initial like oomph and surprise kind of was already down you know what i mean like the hype was there so if you didn't kind of hop onto it you weren't really going to you mm-hmm. know what i mean and like all like the neighborhood legends they were like getting cars and stuff becoming adults and kind of like kind of falling out of it you know what i mean so i feel like that initial thing and just because like we we're all still kids and like we didn't have really like, we weren't really in Surprise as much. We were, because this was before the skate park was open, really. So we were trying to branch out to other places. So there wasn't really anyone in the neighborhood or, like, the area to kind of bring that passion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now that I feel like the skate park's open, like, there's definitely, like, a younger scene at Farms now. Like, it's not, like, older dogs, but there's definitely a younger scene. So I try to, like, do my best to, like, say hi to everyone when I come there and, like, how's your day going? Like, what tricks are you working on? You know, just kind of, like, little interactions. Because I remember, like, when I was younger, like, if one of the big dogs are talking to me, it's like, oh, one of the big dogs are talking to me. You know what I mean? It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's this nice sense of validation. Yeah. No, absolutely. I feel like scootering and surprise, like when I've been there, I, I feel like it's mostly just younger kids now. And I feel like you're setting the example for those kids. You know, it's like those kids are going to talk about you in the future. It's It's weird how everything ebbs and flows. Like the scene at Rio was really big for a while. And then it it died down. So it's it's just I think kind of the the ebb and flow. Like Charlie said, some of those kids got older, started doing other things. Now the the little ones will work their way up, and then they'll be the the local big dogs, and and it's just kind of cyclical. Um, yeah. Like, and then just the demographics of of surprise, and as as prices have gone up, and you know more families are moving in, I think that's going to spur some growth too. Absolutely. But yeah, just the generation like gap is completely flipped. From being the little dog to now being the big dog, and it's like, it's weird because like right now, I feel like I have a lot of responsibility in my hands, just because those big dogs who were there didn't take that responsibility seriously, and the scooter scene almost died. You know what I mean? So now I feel like I gotta do something. Yeah, just be that person that that you wanted yourself to have. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I feel like that's just what you gotta do. Yeah, but at the same time. It's not your responsibility, I think, to, to be to be an advocate and, and to, to be those things for those kids is important. But you can't own it as you've it's, it's all yours. Right. You know, it's, it's got to yeah. just happen organically. So mm-hmm. this is going to this is going to be a question. So I'm going to take out your initial answer. Besides my writing now, what stage of my writing have you like enjoyed the most? I think that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, probably it was it was that time period, you know, right around thirteen, where you were competing and competing at a high level. You made you made the finals in your division at SD eleven. You won that comp in in Tucson. You were on the podium in at the one at, at AZ Grind. So, kind of that. I mean, that you get that proud 
dad moment when your kids performing at a high level and and again it wasn't so much that you you won or you were on the podium but it's it's how well you rode i mean you were a great competition rider you you would focus you would plan your runs and you would go out and execute and again not not to, to name names but there were some other like really good riders but they would just freak out at the idea of competing and and you know kind of Tuck their tail between the legs and mm-hmm. I forgot and, and his name, but like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I feel like no, it wasn't. It was Cinnamon Pretzels or something. That's what his Instagram was. <laughs> for that kid, I remember he used to get the jitters. A lot of kids do. Yeah, dude, honest, I know. Yeah. Like that's the yeah. thing is like also like it's a competition. At the end of the day, if you stress it, like you're just gonna ride horrible. Like if you kind of like this one thing Chase said to me. Normally I don't take things Chase says to head, but this one, <laughs> this one, this one stuck with me. Um, think of a competition as a minute to ride the park by yourself, a minute to have fun, a minute no one in your way, a minute to express yourself. Just like take it like that. And once I like started looking at it like that, like I still don't really compete anymore just because it's not my thing. But like it's just it makes it a lot more fun. You're like okay, I want to do that because I can ride that now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like take your minute. Yeah. No, I, for when I do traditional scooter contests, I've, I've strategized it so much. I've talked with like Chris <laughs> Ferris and everyone about like, what is the perfect comp run? And I don't know. It's funny how people strategize it out, especially amongst younger kids. Cause it's all just like, let's go as hard as we can right now. Yeah. The perfect comp run in my eyes, isn't the perfect comp run. Like, I feel like in a judge's standpoint, the perfect comp run is every trick landed no pushes, a consistent flow around the park, hitting every obstacle of the park, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the perfect comp run. It doesn't even have to be the gnarliest tricks. But for me, the perfect comp run is how well can you express yourself in that minute and how well can you showcase your riding and, like, not even necessarily, like, land everything, but how well can you showcase who you are? Because, like, I feel like everyone has their own individual style, and if you can really showcase that and, like, Let's just say, for example, like, cramps. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know. So kinda, is that why you like video parts? Because that yeah. gets to be your specialized yeah, one-minute run? You, like, literally, you just you showcase your best of yourself. And, like, I don't know. I really love that. Like, I don't know. Like, Reese Jones, one of my favorite writers, like, I could watch his edits forever just because of how well he makes scootering look. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you if you did a comp run, it wouldn't look that well. You know, he's still a phenomenal scooter yeah. rider, but, like, it would look forced. It wouldn't look as flush as he makes it look, you know. And I feel A lot like of riders can't be in that circumstance and, and, and really perform how they need to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the ability to stack clips, right? You go to a spot, you work it, you work it, you work it, you get it, is different than spending a minute and, and trying to string together 10, 12 different... Well, it's you like, know, hard this, this is a kind of cool way to point it out. Would you rather pay the artist for the minute painting or for the long, like, painting they spent a lot of time and effort on? I, I'd rather pay for the painting that's spent a lot of time and effort on. A one-minute painting might be cool just because of how well you can do it in a minute, and that's impressive. But, like, the other one is definitely a lot more impressive. No, I, don't get you. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But, hey, guys, I think I think this is a good place for for me to wrap this up, but I I really enjoy you guys coming on here. I feel like this is a unique experience for for people to listen about how 
a scooter rider and his dad interact about scootering. I feel like I got, I wish I got to watch this pod podcast as a kid, honestly, because it's not that I had a disconnection with my dad about scootering in, in that sort of way. It was more like I was really intimidated about how people my age would look at me if I was around my dad or my mom. That was just like an awkward thing for me. Mm -hmm. So I think, Charlie, that was really cool that you brought him on and you showed that like, hey, it's cool to have parents because I feel like for a, lot, for a lot of people, and this sucks, but it's like for a lot of people that have good parents, it's like they are almost insecure about that. Mm -hmm. At least to a public eye, and and I think it's cool that that you don't even care about that. Yeah, hundred percent. Cause like I don't know, I get it. A lot of people have really shitty parents and really hard lives, and like if you have a good parent, you don't want to be like, oh, look at me, I'm rubbing it all in your face. I'm like, look at my life. You know what I mean? And like mm -hmm. I feel like when that's the perspective that like when you do have a good family, like that's something you fear. You don't want to step on someone's toes. You know what I mean? But yeah. like you also just gotta like. I don't know. This is the cards you put, you got played at the end of the day. So ex like express them and show people like, like I'm happy for what I have. You know what I mean? I have a great dad that supports me and what I'm doing and like, generally has an interest in it. And like that's so sick. And I want people to see that because like I know every everyone I talk. I don't know anyone else who has this connection. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So like I just want to I want to show that. Well, thank you, Charlie, for coming. And Mark, once again, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity. Of course, and and yeah, I just I hope that this is a a cool thing that kids get to watch with their parents, and 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 also just an open opportunity for more parents to be involved. I mean, parents are the backbone of scootering. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, I don't I don't know many kids that got the cash to fork over for sweet pro scooter setups. So. Exactly. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, this has been Charlie and Mark, and uh, yeah, guys, we'll catch you in the next episode. Cheers.